that is I've the also never told that on the air before. Random fact of all time. I think we can even go of all time. Best random fact. <laughs> and here's why it's especially funny to me. Yeah, I can't tell you that yet. You'll have to listen to the rest. Here we go. This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey, are you enjoying the light of all these glistening particles and want more? I've set up a Patreon page where you can subscribe for as little as $2 a month and get even more unique and new content. You'll find things like the bi-weekly pie series, which is super new, chat forum, live hangout sessions, even co-hosting opportunities, and more. There are so many rewards. Check it out at patreon.com slash glistening particles. Literally every subscription helps. Thank you for supporting my passion and allowing these stories to be shared far and wide. In this episode, I'm talking with entrepreneur Johnny Naster. As host of Hack the Entrepreneur, he interviews a broad range of solo entrepreneurs and startup founders to unearth the golden nugget of their success and help others learn. With his second podcast, Showrunner, he and co-host Jared Morris share their experience, expertise, and thought-provoking perspective help new and seasoned podcasters launch and grow their shows. I especially loved hearing how he manages all of these things while also being a dad, husband, and avid traveler. And with that, here's Johnny. Hi, John. Welcome to Glistening Particles. Ooh, thank you for having me. I decided to go with John in a pinch here, but I'll probably switch it up between John and Johnny throughout because I kind of like Johnny. So it's my preferred. I don't know why it came out that way. Anyway. Fair enough. It's better so, than Jonathan. That's Woods. true. Which some people like that their name to be that, but that does not suit you at all. Um, actually, okay, so let's get started. So I told everybody, you know, what you do, but what I probably didn't tell them uh, was how much of a fan I am of your work. And I'm a super fan, trying not to be stalkerish, but pretty much a super fan. I've been, I think I've probably listened to over half of your podcasts of, um, of Showrunner. And I've listened to some Hack the Entrepreneur, mostly to steal your ideas. Hopefully that, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a good reason. That's probably the best reason anyone's ever given me to listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm like, how does he do it? Because he does it really well. So I'll just go. In fact, I was looking at your show notes today and I'm just like, oh, they're just beautiful. They're just beautiful on Hack the Entrepreneur. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So... One of my first questions for you was, how did you decide to do Hack the Entrepreneur? Like, what brought you to that? Because it's such a good idea. So, funny story. And maybe it's funny. 
it's very subjective. <laughs> I'll try to laugh just to help you out there. <laughs> uh, it was four years ago. Yeah, like last March, February-ish. Okay. Uh, my family and I were, we were on vacation for a couple months in Asia. And it wrapped up in the Philippines at this small little um, mastermind sort of meeting of 20 people. And at that meeting, I had a software company at the time, uh, and it was great. I got to travel and do stuff. It didn't take much of my time. Um, but when it came to like, John, what's what's your problem? What can we help you with? It was like, I just want to like, I love what I'm doing, but nobody knows who I am. And I kind of want to get out there more, try and help people do what I get to do all the time more. And it so happens that uh, there was a Chris Ducker there who was a podcaster. Mm -hmm. Pat Flynn was there. And there was a John Lee Dumas that was there <laughs> four years ago. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't really know who they were, but they were just like, dude, you got to start a podcast. I was like, no, I hate the sound of my voice. Never interviewed anybody. That's not what I'm doing. Dude, you got to start a podcast. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then got home a month later or so and waiting at our doorstep was actually like this mic and things from Pat Flynn. No <laughs> way. It. And then it took another two months or so before I could wrap my head around it. Um, and I didn't have a name or anything at that point, but then I was out at the cottage and just one weekend I was like, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. I went home. I just sent out some emails and I started interviews like that Thursday. I had never done an interview in my life. Uh, then wow. I did a whole bunch, sent them out to people like that I trusted to listen to them. And I was really trying to figure out what I was doing. Uh, another good friend of mine in Australia just emailed me one day and was like, dude, you should call it Hack the Entrepreneur. And he's like, the domain's available. I was like, that's a weird <laughs> name. I was like, that's a cool domain. I'm going to buy that anyways. But then it took me a while. And then I was like, no, that is it. And then, wow. yeah, so I launched four years ago this month, actually, um, September 5th. And I guess the rest is sort of history, but that's how it started. It started by a bunch of podcasters telling me to podcast, and wow. I finally got sucked into it. Well, first of all, <laughs> congratulations on four years. That's a big deal. That's right. a huge deal. How many episodes? Is it like almost 500 or something? It's almost 500, yes. Wow. Do you do two a week or one? I do. I started at three, then I went down to two, and now I'm at one. Okay. Just recently Why? went to one. Uh, it's and you know what? It's it's my show, so it probably will ramp back up. But right. I'm doing so many other things right now that there's just only so much time. Okay, this is the hardest thing about podcasting right here for me because I don't plan. I just come into the show and I've already got like four questions just like slamming me in the head, waiting, <laughs> and I'm like, which one first? Which one first? So okay. I, I can't even believe that's the coolest story that like you didn't even have the idea and people smashed it on you and you had to take it. They even gave you the equipment. Like how often do you get that handed to you? You know, not very often. Right. That's why it was kind of it, it was like some sort of cosmic force being like, right. dude, you got to do this. And so I actually said to myself and to people, I was like, I'm doing 30 episodes. Uh -huh. I'm interviewing like business people and people doing cool stuff that I would love to talk to that won't talk to me otherwise. And I literally just sat down and wrote out 30 people. I was like, I mm -hmm. want to talk to these people. And my goal was talk to those people, stop the show and just continue selling software. But when I hit those 30 things had kind of taken off uh -huh. and I sold off the software and I went all full time. Uh, into that is Oops. such a good story. I love, I like love that goosebumps, you know, cause like mine was kind of the opposite. I decided I wanted to do one. 
And then all these people showed up with ideas and you know, <laughs> audio editors came along and um, people helping me with, me with the name of it. People helping me with like all the pieces just like magically showed up in my life and it all came together. I don't even know how, you know, like how, how did that happen? So it's it, we kind of did it the opposite way, but same thing. But we, we ended up in the same it. place. Right. Well, sort of. Love I'm it. catching up. Um, so do you feel like, well, actually on the 30 list, are there any of the 30 that you haven't talked to? Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, that's Hilariously, a good one. He's actually been booked three times. Wow. And we've ended up like just catastrophically things have just derailed at the last minute mm-hmm. all three times. Um, and that happens though. That happens to me. There's this uh, yeah. yoga woman, Yoga Beyond, that we have booked three times and catastrophic things happen and we had to reschedule. And I just keep thinking the divine timing is still waiting. It's not quite ready yet. Exactly. Yeah. And with Gary Vee, it's kind of like, oh, he's been on so many shows anyways, I don't really need him on anymore. Right. Um, but when I was in that story, when I was at the cottage, I was actually read his book, his first book, Crush It, at the time. That's, I was like halfway through the book, and that's when I was like, screw it, I'm going to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was on like a Sunday. Aww. And then on Thursday, I ended up interviewing Chris Brogan, uh, my first guest ever. And I was so nervous. I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. Um, but but it was fun. <laughs> do you Did you tell Gary that story, by the way? I haven't told him. He oh. hasn't been on the show. Although oh. he did feel oh. bad one time when it catastrophically got canceled, and he actually bought some ad spots on my show at one point, which is cool <laughs> of him uh, to make up for it. But um, I've met him once since then, but it's... Yeah. Just haven't had the chance to share that. No, and it's I a haven't, pretty good story. I, I haven't yeah. pushed it in like two years now. So right. next time he has a book, maybe I'll get him on. Is there any like you know, top person that's on your list now that you just like, that would be, oh, to get that, to have the conversation. Cause I always feel weird when I say to get, cause I don't mean to get, like, I'm not trying to get something from them, but to have the privilege of witnessing the story with a per, you know, certain people is like just such a gift, you know? And I'm sure you feel that way. Yeah. Elon Musk oh. would be amazing. Oh my he's, gosh. That would be so he's a rare. Yeah. He's a rare sort of, being in our world that I think our world needs more of. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would, yeah, I'd be honored to speak to him. I've never, <clears throat> sorry, I've never tried to speak to him, but, uh, uh, yeah, hey, you it need would to be, crush that. Go out there and crush it. Get him on the show. <laughs> yeah. He was just on Joe Rogan and oh, that's they, did right. a, they did an amazing job. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'll leave it at top. that for now. Yeah, that's tough to top. And plus, I mean, that's the thing. Like my big dream guest that I would love to talk to just from a lifetime of admiration and wonder is Bono. And um, I every so often, like I let my brain go play in that zone. Like if Bono were coming to the show, what would I ask him? And I don't want to ask him anything that has already been asked, you know, because he's talked enough. So I have all these little like, like six layers deep kind of questions. So do you find that like when you have a guest coming on, are you thinking of something that they probably haven't said before? I try and yeah, I think like not necessarily maybe that they haven't. Hmm. It's a good question. Right. Because I, I, I probably love just it. did that to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did, which is really cool. And so I, I, it's not premeditated for me, but I don't want to ask the same questions that everybody else asks, of course. Right? right. And it's our job as interviewers to get our guests to open up, to share with us and to go places that maybe they don't always go mm-hmm. like within themselves and then share that. So, so yeah, I do try 
uh, like I, I take my questioning really, really serious. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really into it. I do analyze it, and um, I read a lot of books like about interviewing and those sorts of things, and I analyze it a lot because I'm really into it now that I do it. Uh, but I wouldn't say that premeditated, like I'm going into this and I'm going to ask him a question he's never been asked before, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when the person's like afterwards, like, wow, I've never been asked that before. That was really cool. It's like, nice. <laughs> it always feels really good. <laughs> it does, right? You know, um, the other thing I was thinking about your show, because I love optimizing my life and learning and growing and like l- picking up my own life Rubik's Cube and turning it over and twisting it lots of different ways, you know? So I have to imagine... I know in my show, knowing all of you that have been on the show, it changed my life. Like I'm a different person now from all these conversations. Do you find that with your show? Is there any like specific things you can think about that your life has changed from all these conversations? Yeah, directly, directly, I'm sure, because I've spoken to some amazingly talented, smart, cool, funny, driven people. But indirectly, my life has completely been transformed. <laughs> I started doing this show in a basement in a little tiny town in the middle of nowhere. And now I, I live somewhere completely different right. um, because of this. And so, so yes, directly and indirectly, just the fact that I get to have conversations with these people, um, almost with, we can almost talk to anybody we want to. Right. Like, so when I, when I think about Elon Musk, I haven't reached out to him because I feel like if I want to, I could probably get him on the show. It would take some doing, right. but I know that people want to be on shows. And once you have enough episodes and enough, like, it's like, wow, kids, they know what they're doing. Right. You could, but it, I don't feel ready or that I'm, that, that it's the time is right for the conversation. Right. Uh, and that to me is fascinating. Um, but I mean, I obviously learn small things here and there and it kind of guides me. Somebody will say something and yeah, it'll stick with me for weeks or something. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's getting to sit down at a coffee shop with really smart, cool people all the time. It's pretty amazing. It is. It totally is. Like everybody actually, I mean, I dream of that. You know, I think, oh, could I sit down and talk to this person or that person? So when they, even the people that I'm going after, it's a different uh, demographic in a sense. But actually, there's a lot of overlap because probably every person on your show is following a passion, right? And I'm looking for people following their passion. They just might not be, you know, well-known, book writing and uh, company-leading entrepreneurs, but they have a passion about whatever they're doing. And I think of that saying, you know, how you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think that my, the people I interview, and you probably find this too, like they're like one giant person that's influencing, you know, my average. It's like upping my average really a lot. So yeah, it's I amazing. feel so grateful for their time, you know, just to have those conversations, even though it hopefully is helping them, but just being in it is so cool. Yeah, I agree. I, w- I remember back in the day, that your daughter had a podcast too. And I thought that was so cool. So is she still out there, you know, doing the podcast hustle like the rest of us? No, it was very, very short lived. Um, I think she did maybe 20 episodes or so. And then she had just kind of run its course. Hmm. And for the listeners, tell them what it was about. It was called Between Two Worlds. And she, she was, I think, eight years old at the time. (laughs) Uh, and she was, she got the idea, her and, um, Pat 
Flynn actually really hit it off um, on that trip. And so they actually like, I have a picture of them sitting down eating lunch together. And he was like telling her about podcasting and <laughs> helping her work out this idea of this show. Uh, and she was super, super, well, she still is, but she's a voracious reader. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of the Between Two Worlds was she was, she did short episodes that were sort of, they were about books, I guess, like short little interesting book reports for other kids about mm -hmm. books she's reading and that they would. But then she also put in like she did different voices and characters Aww. in it. Like she had a joke man and sound <laughs> effects and I helped her edit it all. And so she really had fun with it. And uh -huh. it's still live out there and actually still gets like a significant amount of downloads, which is pretty funny because I don't wow. think there's a lot of kids doing it. Uh, but she yeah, she doesn't do it anymore. And um I think she was, she's proud of it that she did it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And actually an interesting thing about that was she, we had just seen, went to see a band down in Chicago uh, and this other band called Cuckoo Kangaroo who had just started <laughs> opened up. Um, it was like a total rock and roll show, but this uh -huh. Cuckoo Kangaroo band opened up for Minneapolis and they're like two guys with like synthesizers and stuff and they play wacky music that like adults like but it's very much like it's about unicorns and rainbows and things <laughs> uh and she was super into it and so when we got home and she was working on her show she actually emailed them uh and told them about it and asked if they would like make her intro music and they did they totally <gasps> recorded her Whoa. their own song and just after like the intro each time she was like oh that was cuckoo kangaroo you can check them out here it was like, man, that's amazing. That is <laughs> so, so cool. Yeah. So I mean, people are amazing. Like if you ask them, it's amazing what people will do. Like my intro music or my music for my show, someone wrote for me, just wrote it, awesome. like wrote the song, recorded it. It's up on iTunes. People can buy it. It's like a real song. He wrote it from beginning to end. All I asked him was, hey, where can I get some royalty free music? He's like, oh, I'll put something together for you. And then I have an actual song, you know, and um. People want to see people succeed. If you know, most people do. Like I think there's been this always this competition thing. Like people think, well, if they win, then I can't. And I love the way, at least the people I'm talking with more and more, it's like there's room enough for everybody. And you have to believe that doing a podcast because there's only six hundred thousand of some of them or something like I think it is that the true number now? Is it really like six hundred thousand that we're up to? It is. It is. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. It wasn't like that four years ago. When I, I know. <laughs> I know. As I was kind of doing my little minimal amount of research about you before you came on the show, I saw that you had some other things that you did before this. So there were, um, let's see here. Did I write it all down? You were in construction. You promoted mm -hmm. concerts. Uh, mm -hmm. Something about fireworks stores, which there's probably a good story on that. I own some fireworks stores <laughs> for a couple of years. When my daughter was born, she was actually her bedroom in her house at the time out in Vancouver on the West Coast mm -hmm. at the time. Um, her bedroom was actually filled with boxes of fireworks. <laughs> uh, my wife wasn't super happy about it. Uh, but then when my mother came to visit right after my daughter was born, it was, it was like, this, this has to stop. <laughs> like she can't be her crib, like in the middle of all these foods. Like, yeah, it's, this isn't good. Yeah. There's probably someone would come in and, and make you take right. that away. <laughs> so we just had a couple parties, launched a bunch of fireworks and I got out of the business. <laughs> <laughs> true story <laughs> you actually have the best how i started my business and the best how i finished my business stories to bookend nice. those right there 
Nice. I've been through a lot of businesses at this point. Uh, I just, I think I have a short attention. I do have a short attention span, uh, and I like building things. So, <laughs> well, actually, that was one of my questions. I was thinking about this, like, and I've, I'm in this phase where my life is full. Like, I have like a really good life. All these full things I'm doing between work and family and lifestyle and the podcast and all that. And sometimes I think, is it right for me to invest this much amount of my time and money into the show because? I could sure use that other places, right? But I don't know. It's almost like I don't know how to stop. And part of it is I love the brain activity that happens when I'm doing something I love, you know, when I'm in flow. And whenever I'm doing the show, I'm in that state. Um, pretty much almost every aspect of it, except maybe editing. I'm getting a little bit losing that, that excitement. But do you ever think like, ah, I'm good now. I'm going to just step back into normal life and go to a job and, you know, not push so hard. (laughs) You're just laughing at me. (laughs) Yeah. Jane, I will, how much would I pay you? I don't know. I'd pay probably a very decent amount of money if you could get somebody to hire me. (laughs) I'm pretty sure at this point I'm completely 100% unemployable. Uh, I have a tendency to sleep in sometimes, uh, and I miss deadlines unless I want to hit them myself. Uh-huh. I don't follow rules very well. Uh, I don't take orders very well. So, no, no. <laughs> it's been way too long. I, no, no. I think you have now, so best reason you got in, best exit from a company, and best uh, self-audio um, job application. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's it's not for me. To me, this is, to me, this is how life should be lived, and right. I'm happy that I get to live it, and that my family gets to live it with me. Um, they've obviously been through ups and downs throughout right. all of it, um, but to me, that's, uh, I don't, I don't. I don't value security, I guess, mm-hmm. in that way. Or I don't value security in like the old school sense of it, of mm-hmm. having a job and all that sort of stuff. I value being in control of it myself. Right. And uh, I just, yeah, I, I, I don't want just one sort of thing where I could see where I would be at like 50 or 60. To me, that's boring. That's not how life is supposed to be. Right. Um, life is meant to be lived and ups and downs and valleys and peaks and so yeah I wouldn't I I I would be bored to tears right um and it probably wouldn't be good for me because I don't know I'd probably develop some terrible habits or something (laughs) some psychosis or something like that yeah exactly well and I think or I mean first of all I don't want to like say anything bad about my day job because I actually really have I'm very lucky I have a job that I enjoy quite a lot and they give me tons of uh ability to feed that brain that that part of my brain that needs creativity but I kind of have my feet in both pools you know what I mean I'm like one one foot in the you know regular job that pays and then this other foot in entrepreneurial things that don't pay so until that like that tips over enough to get the other way um, it's still I have to hang out here for a while but right and I'm not saying anything bad about people having jobs and stuff I like I I shouldn't I should actually correct it but I don't think that that's how our life, as in mine and my family's life, should be lived. Um, well, I think yeah. I think we do good with projects. I think we we 
all like to travel. We like to just decide we want to move to a different city. Mm-hmm. And so we just do it. Um, I think, I think there's a real value to us. Mm-hmm. There's only three of us in our family and I think it's done well for us and treats us well like this. Yeah. I kind of wish I would have figured that out when my kids were younger. You've, yeah. You've been turned over to the dark side. Yes. I've had a taste. I've had a taste. So um, I saw something else on your list of things that you do called Showlist IO. Oh, yeah. What is that? Tell me about that. So in addition to being a drummer and obsessed with um, punk rock and really noisy rock and roll, <laughs> uh, I'm also really, really, really into live music. And so a couple of years ago, I guess it was now, I just I, I, I was making a list. <laughs> I was making a list like in a a Google doc of trying to like figure out all the shows I'd seen in my life. Uh, and there's like, there's some places where you can sort of get some of that information. And then once I did that and I showed it to somebody and they're like, Whoa, and they like created their own. And I was like, wait a minute, this is kind of cool. What if there was just a place where you could just sign up for free and then there'd be easier ways for you to search the actual dates and where places were. Mm -hmm. And then you could just create a list of all the shows you've ever seen and then just share it with other people. Like there'd just be a link and it would just go to it. So yeah, that's what I did. It's nowhere near where I want it to be still because I'm kind of busy doing a lot of other stuff (laughs) uh, and it doesn't make any money or anything. But um, there are several thousand people that use it on a regular basis, which is freaking awesome uh and yeah i get to i get to just keep track of the shows i've seen too which is really cool so wow. it's totally just that to me it's like the good reads but of live music right. i love that and i love that you went like the extra step you went i want to do this thing there's no place to do it i'll make a place to do it yeah that's so cool i'm, I'm if gonna you go want something if you it. want something done you gotta just do it yourself <laughs> I'm tired oh. of waiting for somebody to just, I, I don't want to just wish anymore that this exists. I'm just going right. to make it exist or else I'm going to stop wishing for it to exist. Right. One of the two. Right. I like that. That's awesome though. I mean, it, and it is, I did check it out, but I didn't quite get it and now I get it. So I'm going to put yeah, myself Yeah, it's, I, I, I could definitely clean it up and make it more obvious. I think it makes, makes it's clearer when somebody shares their link with mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. than the front page. Because then you see it like, oh, that's cool. Right. Um, I'm totally going to, can you share your link with me? Yes. It's shillist.io slash at Johnny. Okay. The names are all at symbol and then whatever you get for your username. And of course I get Johnny because it's the only social media platform in the world that I got Johnny on. <laughs> but obviously I got it because it's mine. <laughs> right, right. I've got one where I got Jane. I was one of the first people to join. I'm like, it's so cool because it never happens, you know. Exactly. Ever. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So I'm kind of thinking this isn't all for you. There's probably some other things you're working on uh, in the background that we don't see. What's like the next thing that you can that you can talk about? The next thing that I can talk about that you're doing that you're like in creating. What are you creating? Because when you're a creative and an innovator, you don't just stop on okay, I've got these two shows and I'm good. It's there's something right. else. Yeah. Right. I wish it was like that <laughs> uh, at times because uh, it seems like there's never enough time. Right. Um, so I'm creating something called the Roadmap to Freedom, um, which is like six separate courses um, teaching people to go from nothing, like from just like not even an idea to building and launching an online platform and business. 
Um, I'm only on the second course of that Mm -hmm. right now. Um, I'm currently working with two clients on like a full-time basis. Um, and I need to get back to show list cause I actually have another idea for it that I want to add mm-hmm. on to it. And I've been talking to a developer about getting that built. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I've just been really focusing on, um, Hack the Entrepreneur as a blog and as sort of a writing platform rather than just a podcasting platform, which I didn't do until earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And so we've been, as a team, just really focusing on publishing good content, um, SEO-based, and just like skyrocketing traffic Mm -hmm. to it, um, which is really cool. And then um, with Showrunner, there's the new community. Um, Which I love. I love, love, love the community. Yeah, thank you. And there's a new course uh, coming out that I need to build next month um, about interviewing that Jared wants me to build uh, or develop. And yeah, and in there, there's there's actually something else really cool. But um, we just started talking about it over the weekend via email with two other people this okay. weekend. So I want to talk about it. But I shouldn't because I'll have to ask you to remove it later. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. But you can tell so, me. You'll tell me after the show, though, right? Exactly. So okay. in all those things, uh, I also try and find time to go see rock shows and hang out with my family. So, okay. I t- actually, I take my family to the rock shows. It's easier. Oh, that that helps. And it's kind of double, double serving it, right? Exactly. Right, right. So what's the last rock show that you saw with your family? I saw, oh, with my family. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, Sadie came to see Sloan, who are a local Canadian, they're a Canadian rock band. Um, they played downtown here at a place called Dundas Square mm-hmm. this summer. Um, and where are you now, by the way? Like what city? Toronto. Oh, you're in Toronto? Hey, my yeah. VA was in, is in Toronto. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I live downtown and yeah. And so then the last show I saw was Frank Turner. I saw last night with his band, uh, and then he's actually playing three nights in Toronto. And so I'm not going tonight, but tomorrow night I'm taking my daughter and my wife and my mother, actually, to see the show. Um, And it's like just a huge bar, so it's actually going to be kind of funny. That's even Um, more fun, though. So who is Frank Turner? Frank Turner is amazing. Uh Uh, Frank Turner is – he's from London, England. Uh, They – He's been around 14 years now since he started. He started solo with just an acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. picked up a band um, somewhere in there, like around the second year or so. And they just, to me, they're the greatest band that exists at this time. Um, and because they're so, so, he comes from punk rock. And so he comes from the right background for me uh, and he's just in it for the music, for making people happy, for just mm-hmm. uh, for just living life the way he wants to. Uh, they tour almost endlessly. <laughs> he actually they count all their shows and he posts it every single night to or the next day to uh-huh. Instagram. And I think last night was like show twenty three hundred and twenty eight or something. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. And the last time I saw him was only, I think, two years ago we saw him as a family um, and he was at like show 1700 or something. So wow. they play almost every single day, um, <laughs> around the world, wow. which is pretty cool. So this will be my daughter's third time seeing him now, yeah. um, which is pretty cool. And, 
um, yeah, you should you should check out some Frank Turner. Um, if you want to add a link for people, you uh-huh. should. I will. To a video. I will do that. A song a song called "Get Better," which uh, is kind of like my motto now. And um, the song is just a, I actually have um, two tattoos from that song on my body now. Wait, what were they? You'll have to show. You'll have to send uh, pictures. This one them. says "Not Dead Yet," uh-huh. which is part of the song, and this one just says "Get Better." On the, so inside cool. of my arms. on the inside so of my arms. So as I'm working, I see them. <laughs> as reminders. That's awesome. As a reminder. Hey, I have an idea. Not dead yet, and I can always get better. I have uh, Right, exactly. You know, uh, actually, I talked about that on uh, when we were talking about suicide on a different episode. That, um, Yeah, long story. But anyway, um, I think what we should do is invite Frank to be on my show, and then you come on as a co-interviewer, co-host oh, for wow. that episode. Can we do that? Oh, you could try. I'll try. The answer's his email, apparently. I will do that. Would you want to do that with me? Or I could now? try. I don't know if I could interview him. Okay. Well, I'll do it myself then. Then you'll just have to listen. Yeah, I would just... <laughs> I think you would do better by yourself. <laughs> Says everybody. Everybody, <laughs> everybody would be, asks he would, anything. He would be a great guest on the show, though. He definitely... Yeah. Um, he's definitely about sort of following your passion and um, just... Yeah having a good time doing. Okay. I'll try. She's awesome. I'll give it a shot. And if I do, I'll for sure say that you recommended him. Okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. <laughs> you know, okay. So you were saying how over the weekend you were exchanging emails and coming up with this idea of something new that you're going to create and such. And that's one of the things that um, I was thinking about this yesterday. Like, you know how when you get in a cre- that creative flow and it's just like, whoosh, it's like so good. And I have a friend that he and I, every time we talk, we hit that peak almost every time. And I don't talk to him enough, which is probably part of the design because if we talked regularly, we wouldn't hit it every time. But it's almost like a high, like I can't get enough of that, that that feeling where like you can see that you're just about like you're creating something new. Do you find that too, that that's part of what drives you? Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, I love the creative process, uh, and I love putting it out into the world for people to hate or love or mm-hmm. kind of like. Or um, <laughs> it's yeah, and then I mean that creative process and that flow uh, is it's a maybe it's a bit different for me. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually never said this publicly yet, um, but I guess I'll start now that I do it. Um, last year. I turned 40 last year, um, but I was also um, diagnosed with ADHD mm-hmm. <laughs> by a psychiatrist. <laughs> um, and so that flow state for me gets really intense at times. Right. Um, like when I get into something, it's like just watch the hell out because like that's all there is. Yeah. Um, and then it's like that I'm just like off and doing 100 other things right. after that. Uh, and I never realized that about myself, but it's something that like I get like hyper tunnel vision on things where it's just like, I just want to do this. Like if I'm writing something or recording something, it's like, that's what it is. Uh, and then, then I'm often doing (laughs) hundred other things. Uh, so it's been a year of like reading a lot about ADHD and then figuring out, um, a lot about myself and seeing and like being like, wow, that's crazy. Reading books and hearing other people's stories and being like, that's insane. That is so crazy that that exact thing has happened to me. And I would just assume that was just how people were, but apparently it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I should uh, maybe read a little bit of that because 
I do wonder that. Like I get in these swells of like creative um, – and I, you know, I, I sometimes I ask, is it manic depression? But I don't think it is because I don't really get like depressed or down. But I get – I do have these surges or swells of creative flow that – you know, it's like riding a wave. I'm sure it's what surfers feel when they catch that big wave. And I hold on to it. I'm like, but then when it's done, I'm like, what? Where yeah. did it, where's the water? You know? Totally. Yeah. There's a there's a great book uh, called Faster Than Normal uh-huh. by a guy named Peter Shankman. Um, Peter Shankman found out he had ADHD, I think mid 30s or something. Um, and he uses it as like his superpower. Um, but talking about like that surfing thing, mm-hmm. um, he's jumped out of airplanes, I think like 300 times now or something. Cause he just, he needs that rush. Like that's, but he's like, if I'm like stuck and I need to write an article for something and it can't get done, it's like I literally go out, I jump out of an airplane. I land, my backpack's right there, I open up my laptop, and I'll write for like two hours just with that rush. Wow. Um, And it was actually his interview. I interviewed him on the show about the book, and he had sent me the book. And as I was reading the book, I was like, what? This is what? Crazy. (laughs) And then talked to him. And then like two weeks later, I scheduled an appointment to go talk to somebody. And then I was like, wow, I I had no idea. So actually, to answer your question about having an interview (laughs) change your life, (laughs) that one did. And then I emailed Peter back. I was like, dude, like I read your book. It like the whole thing was like, this is crazy how much it was me. And I gave it to my wife and she was like, okay, this is crazy. This is like, this is, this is, this is what's happening with you or has happened with you. Uh, And I was like, you, you literally like got me diagnosed. That's amazing. Wow. Um, That's crazy. And it's an awesome book. I'm going to totally check it out because like, I think about, like I, you're right. You think this is normal. This is how it is. This is how normal behavior brain uh, function is. And but then at the same time, I think we break it out as though it's something that's different, and it gets sort of a bad connotation. And yeah. why is that? Like when you said the jumping out of the plane, I don't jump out of the plane. Uh, I probably never will jump out of a plane. Just for the record, it's not my thing. But. When I go to the gym, I always have to have a notebook when I walk out because I just, my brain is just flooded with ideas to write. Like I just, I, and then sometimes I'll use my phone and then all of a sudden the whole thing gets lost and I could cry because I just jammed like 20 minutes as fast as I could and it's gone. So I have to keep a notebook around. But I don't know. I don't like to think of it as something that's like a uh, not normal in a bad way. What if right. it is a superpower? What if really what it is is this is like the way we're all headed? Everybody who heads this direction is going to have swells of brain mat- brain surges and all these creative things. Right. There's there's a huge correlation between uh, people with like ADHD and people who are musicians and people mm-hmm. who are entrepreneurs. Right. <laughs> the conversations right. in the 500 conversations I've had, it's insane. It's right. it's the crossover between those three things is so huge that I think because we're drawn to it when our brains are like that. Um, but I, I mean, it's some of like our greatest creations, I think as human beings have been created by people with broken sort of brains that just do come up with cool, (laughs) unique stuff. We think differently and therefore we can come up with different things that value other people. Uh, so yeah, no, it's not broken. It's, but it's fascinating to be able to view 
what I'm doing, how I'm thinking, mm -hmm. things I'm doing from that context now. Right. Um, it's really helpful and it's it's really interesting and okay. it allows me to really sort of push it in certain ways to make it like even enhance it in other ways, but then also to pull it back in other ways that I need to, to right. be able to do more of these things. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been a profound thing. And there we go. It's public now. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate you bringing it here because we're all about authenticity here. And I wonder though, if you look at it from the other perspective, like maybe um, with people who don't have ADHD, there isn't enough of a spark sometimes to go create something really crazy and go like take that huge risk. Like maybe, so there's pros and cons to it, right? Cause doing those leaps, there's risk, but you know, it, so there, it, it's probably just all how we look at it, you know? Yeah. I think, I think it might be not that it's easier for us, but it, it, that, that not thinking too far ahead and just <laughs> jumping into things right. is, I mean, obviously, is a huge positive and a huge negative. Yes. Um, yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it can it can be very detrimental. It can ruin and be disastrous for a lot of stuff, uh, but it can also create really cool things. Uh, I mean, the same could be and is argued, uh, and I would argue that, I mean, there's lots of drugs in this world that can be very detrimental to people, but have also been the spark of a lot mm -hmm. of our art and right. music right. that has been created. And not that it might not have been created without that, but it did right. help open up those sort of gates. So I don't think that it's true that other people can't do it. I think that it might not be innate within everyone to just recklessly do things, but we were all children and we all did things right. without really thinking about them. Right. The only problem is, is that we've had it sort of like beaten out of us throughout <laughs> like the school systems right. and thing right. and parents and you have to, no, you can't act out. You can't do that. No, you can't just do, you have right. to do this, 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 and this. Right. I think we have to unlearn that stuff and we have to be willing to, I guess it's taking risks. It's not really taking risks. It's like we all only have so much time here, anyways. Like, like right. we'll, we'll, at, at the end, it's you might as well have had fun and tried some stuff. Right. And it's probably so. not so much taking risks as like following the standard path, like break the path, you know, break. And that's the thing that I think is easy for some people to do, for some people to do, and harder for others. Like one of the things I wonder too is now that you know this, has this been helpful in your relationship, like with your wife? Because uh, one of the things in my family my immediate family, they're always sort of like, oh, there she goes again. <laughs> She's on another, you know, you guys figure out your own dinner. I'm not like, I'm not stopping. I'm doing this and I can't stop. Um, because once I get that, once I catch that wave, I don't want to like as much as I can, I hate stopping it. You know what I mean? Because it feels yeah. so good. So do you find right. in a relationship it's been helpful uh, from an understanding perspective? Yes, 100%. Okay. Uh, I mean, my wife was obviously super understanding anyways. Mm -hmm. She just, she was understanding, but didn't understand what the thing was. Mm -hmm. um, just thought it was me. And I just thought it was me. We all just thought it was me. Uh -huh. And that's, and it is just me, but that's, there was causes sort of behind it. Right. So that faster than normal book she read. And then the guy who wrote the foreword to that as a doctor, um, which this Peter Shankman had been introduced to, um, wrote a book, which is sort of a classic book on it now. Um, called Driven to Distraction. Mm -hmm. um, and so my wife read that and so did I. Uh, and she was just like, wow, like it just really helped her and opened up her eyes to a lot of it. Uh, and then interestingly, right after my diagnosis, my mother, um, I told her about this Driven to Distraction uh, and she got a copy right away. And she was like in tears. Aww. 
That's crazy. Yeah. And I felt really bad um, because I was like, and she was just like, I can't believe like I'm she's like, I'm reading this stuff and I can see like your whole life through it. And she's right. like, how did nobody like how I feel so bad that we didn't like get you help. I was like, well, that's not I was like, things were different. Like things are different now. We have right. A greater appreciation for these things. We, it's not right. just like you have this problem, and it's not just kids who are hyperactive and wrecking things all the time. It's mm-hmm. so, so in that relationship too. I guess in all of them, and even with my daughter. Although my daughter just sort of makes fun of me, um, <laughs> <laughs> but my daughter's also she's a lot like me, ah, um, okay. which gives us a real perspective on it. she's except for the fact that she's super, super, super smart, um, and does really well in school, <laughs> but she's like, just so you know. <laughs> she's so erratic and, um, just like all over, but like she's, when she focuses, she focuses hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a lot like me. So it's definitely helped in the relationships to myself and then to the people definitely around me. Yeah. I think, um, one of the things I hope we see in change in the future with schools and such is that they view all people's brain processing methods as beautiful because, you know, none of them as a negative or a bad thing, but just as a different thing. Like my own, my own son, my older one, he, they tested him for ADHD. He doesn't have ADHD, but he had this thing where he's got low, fun, like at lower processing and short-term memory, but he's got really, really high processing in um, spatial and, vis- and visual And so he is the person that you want on the scene when there's something bad going down because he can take in every like he he doesn't filter like right now, you know, there might be a car that just drove down the road and maybe there's a noise out front and I'm looking at you and my feet are on the floor like he is processing every input like his brain processes every input it doesn't filter whereas we would just filter until we saw like a truck go by on fire then we might our peripheral vision might go. Oh, that that truck was on fire, maybe, right? (laughs) And so um, for him, like, he's totally designed for, like, um, well, to be in any military situation, to be a firefighter, to be anything where there's, like, uh, you have to take in everything at once. Yet in school, he's in the classroom, and he's noticing, you know, so-and-so tapping their foot, and someone's got a pencil, and he hears the marker, and he hears, you know, like, it was just overload to be in a classroom. So he couldn't filter out that what the teacher's saying is bigger than all those other things, you know? Wow. So it was really That's hard cool. for his brain to pull out the important things. So like when he would learn, he would learn best if I, we would have flashcards and he would skateboard around our house. We had this like circle area where you could go from the kitchen to the living room to the dining room. And he would actually bring the razor board in and skateboard and he would, uh, talk and and move and and we do the flashcards because if he was doing something else at the same time his brain would allow that to store wow yeah it's fascinating right? to it's it's fascinating and to me really um i love the fact that we are doing this for kids now and like right. helping them to understand how they learn because yeah we're all for the most part, we're all capable of it unless right. there's something crazily wrong with us. Um, and it's just a matter of appreciating that and then enabling them to learn right. in that capacity. And learning more ways, like finding more ways to learn. We don't all sit in the classroom with our hands folded and our, you know, perfect straight back and listen anymore. It's a whole different world. So I love that now there are different schools that are more project-based where kids are, you know, hands in the dirt every day or whatever it is. You know, they it's all hands-on learning. And they can show what they're really capable of. And my daughter now goes to an alternative school. It's called, um, so they learn like the baseline stuff um, 
for like the week that most kids would learn um, the curriculum in like one day. And then uh-huh. they spend four days doing like way other stuff. And oh, beyond. that's um, so cool. Yeah, she she loves it. It pushes her super hard, but she really, 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 really likes it. And she right. thrives within it. Um, which is amazing um, because before that she was actually homeschooled for a couple of years because she just got bored out of her mind mm-hmm. at school and we wanted to travel more. Um, and then when she went back to school in grade six, she was just like, it was, yeah, she, she was well advanced of the students uh-huh. there. So she was just bored again. So then we found this alternative school system for her here in this city. Um, and so now she's in that. I love awesome. that. And that's the thing. You kind of have to be in a city to get some of those other options. Like we're in a small town in the middle of nowhere and really limited options. But it's so good that you did that and that people are creating schools like that. That's it's amazing. Yeah, it's oh, amazing. Love it. I mean, imagine like, okay, with the, the schooling that you're, the education that your daughter is getting just through the way that you live and your travel and her special school. Imagine what she's going to create in her life. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like the trajectory is just you know, un- exponential. You can't even imagine. It's so cool. Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, yeah. she, yeah, yeah. She's, <laughs> she impresses <laughs> It's a lot of me. pressure. We just Let's put a lot of that. pressure on her, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a story I want to tell you. Then we're going to go into three random facts. So my story is when I was first starting to interview people at the very beginning before my show was even up on the air and I was getting my backlog of a few shows ready, I was calling to have a bunch of, uh, furniture that I was getting rid of moved out of the house or whatever. So I called this moving company and the guy answers and I'm like listening to him and I'm, I, and I'm could very, barely focused because I'm like, you know, you sound just like Johnny Naster, right? And he's, he's like, uh, I don't know who that is. I'm like, okay, he's a, he's a podcaster. He has a show called jo- showrunner and you sound exactly like him, you know? And then that opened up the door for a conversation. So eventually I find out his passion is he wants to go into radio. And right now he's working on scheduling, you know, moving trucks from going from A to B or whatever. And so I ended up recording him and doing an episode with him. I never put it up though, because it was one of my first ever episodes that I recorded. The quality of recording was really poor. So there was that. Plus I was like a super sucky interviewer back then. I'm getting better, but I'm still, you know, always tons of room for improvement. But it was the funniest thing. So I'm going to have to send you a clip from that because he literally sounds so much like you, even his inflections and everything. It was mind blowing. (laughs) I would like to hear that. It's, I don't know, again, maybe this is just me, but I've had people say that somebody sounds like me and they send it to me and I'm like, oh, that sounds nothing like me. (laughs) Or this person like looks exactly like you. They're like your doppelganger. They send me like a picture. It's like, what? Seriously? Is that what I look like? Uh, you know what I mean? It's, I'm, I, I think I feel like I'm really self-aware, but uh-huh. not in that context, not from like the, the, the third dimension or whatever, looking down on myself. It's like, what? That's so, so funny. Yeah. I'll so I, I, I find it fascinating. So definitely send me a, a copy because I want to hear it and just be like, oh, interesting. So, <laughs> Yeah, we did a whole show, a lot of baseball talk and a lot of talk about radio. So it was pretty funny. But he's a nice guy. Hopefully he made it there. He was actually starting to do um, his own Facebook kind of radio like a year later when I checked back with him. Cool. So he's getting there. Yeah. All right. So now let's hear three random facts about you. And I like I feel like we've uncovered so many in the show itself. What's really left? But hopefully you mm-hmm. have a few. Yeah. Uh, I do feel like I've told these sort of throughout here, but uh, the first one, 
this is fairly random, I guess. Uh, I used to play drums in a band. The first, second band I ever played in that was like a touring recording band. Uh, and we were called The Dinks, which, is, <laughs> which not many people know about. Uh, uh, I have a tattoo on my body that is a ghetto blaster that my daughter drew when she was seven years old. Uh, she drew this painting or like painted it, I guess. And I was like, that is amazing. I came home one day and it was on the <laughs> kitchen table. I was like, that's amazing. Uh, I was like, could you draw like a smaller version? She's like, yeah, totally. And so she drew a smaller <laughs> version and I got it tattooed on my arm in the exact, like the tattoo artist was like struggled with it. Cause he was like, like you want it to look exactly like that. Cause like, it's pretty wobbly and stuff. No, I wanted to look like exactly <laughs> like this. Like, okay. It's like, no offense, but don't tell people that I did it because it's going <laughs> to look like that's my arm. I was like, no, totally cool, man. I just want my daughter's drawing on my arm. So I have a seven-year-old's t- ghetto blaster on my arm. And where is it? Can you show it to me? It's uh, here. Wow. Oh. oh, now I know what a ghetto blaster is because I didn't know what that was. I'm like, what is a ghetto it's blaster? Like you, I don't even know how she got that idea. It was just like that old stereo with the handle on Big it. Big boombox. A boombox. A boombox. Okay. Maybe in Canada we called them ghetto blasters. I don't know. <laughs> Um, that is so. awesome. That's a great story too. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, um, I still like it. I was wondering at times, like, am I going to like wonder like, why is this? But no, it's cool. Uh, and then the last one is, I said this already, I turned 40 last year and for my birthday, my daughter bought me a three pack of combs and those are the first combs I had ever owned in my life. <laughs> And I still don't use them. <laughs> They're still in the package. I've no only way. ever used my hands like this to like comb my hair <laughs> ever in my life. That is I've the also best never told that on the air before. Random fact of all time. I think we can even go of all time. Best random fact. <laughs> and here's why it's especially funny to me because when I was Googling you last night just to see what would turn up that maybe I didn't know in my very minimal researching. When you Google your name, the first picture that comes up on the right is a picture of you with like this really wild hair all oh, over that the place. That comes up? <laughs> yes. I think I had sunglasses on. And yeah. This... But then down further where you get like the strip of pictures, it's yeah. not, I don't even think it's in there. It's much more of the looking like you combed your hair pictures, but that one particular one, it's like. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, now you know why. <laughs> That's why I keep shorter hair these days, because <laughs> otherwise it looks like that. I love that. That was the best. Yeah. Seriously. Okay. Well, um, I guess we have to wrap, even though I really could talk to you all day. I'll just keep showing up at all your uh, open or office hour things and bugging you there nice. on uh, Showrunner. So um, why don't you tell people all the places that they can find you, aside from searching for your wild-haired picture on Google? Definitely do that. Uh, <laughs> you, could, you could come and check out, I guess where I do most of my writing and podcasting, which is hacktheentrepreneur.com. Uh, showrunner.fm is where I talk about podcasting um, and where Jane knows me from. Uh, and then if you wanted social media, I guess Twitter would be by far the best place. That's really the only one I'm active on, except for Instagram. But I only post pictures of the concerts I'm seeing. So, oh, interesting. <laughs> so it's just shots from shows. Um, so yeah, there was a Frank Turner picture there last night, and there'll be another one tomorrow. I'll be looking um, for that. Yeah. And oh yeah, and show list. If you if you're into music, live music at all, and you want to 
try and figure out all the shows you've ever seen in your life, go to showlist.io and it's completely free and just something for the rest of the music nerds out there. I'm going to totally check it out. You know, um, I love live music more than anything too. And I got, I was spoiled about, gosh, a long time ago, probably like 15 or 20 years ago. I won tickets to Rush at the local huge amphitheater and Rush was like a band I super loved in high school and stuff. And so I go to, I go there and I get there and I've got like six tickets and here I'm calling and like the day before I'm calling everybody I know. Nobody can go to see Rush for free the next night. I'm like, what is with you people? I would probably, I would probably do just about anything to get a free Rush ticket, quite frankly. (laughs) So uh, I get there and we're in the front row, front row tickets. And so then I'm standing there and I can't sell them, you know, because everybody's got. So I'm like, I actually handpicked like four people. I had four extra tickets and gave them to people. One of them, I think, probably went off and hung out with Rush after the show. But anyway, wanted it to be me. Getty Lee specifically like looked at me and smiled when he was drinking his water off to the side during Neil Peart's drum solo. So we had that moment. But what happened in that whole event is that it spoiled me forever because now I don't want to be anywhere but the first two rows for every show I go to. So... Um, I don't go to as many shows, but I pay a lot of money to go. Like I saw you two in the second row and, you know, Bono. So that was exactly. And um, but I just went to see like with Need to Breathe, buying the tickets, got there, got in early. Another band I love, if you know them, you know, Everclear. Everclear? Yeah, Everclear. They do. They have Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. I've seen them like three or four times. I always go early and get in the front row and I've met them a few times. It's a good Canadian connection, the Rush, because they're like Canadian rock gods. Yeah, this at this point in my life, I really only go to smaller. Like there was a yeah. thousand people at the show last night, and yeah. it was like That's sold not too out. Bad. But there's no seats. There's no. It's just right. a wide open space with yeah. bars. Um, amazing to me. Yeah. That's that's I'm in heaven. So yeah. that's why I'm going again tomorrow. And I, yeah, and that's why I like being in front though, because then I feel like it's just me and the band. There's nobody right. else there. It's just my show. Um, one other thing I meant to ask you that I didn't. If you don't mind me throwing this in at the end, is so how is it different um, having your own show, Hack the Entrepreneur, and then having to be a co-host on Showrunner? Like, what what do you, um, what's different for you in that scenario that you maybe like or, or don't like or, you know, compare? It's my job at Showrunner as a co-host is so easy. <laughs> uh, it's, um, Jared does all the work. Oh. Jared, Jared, like, puts together, like, the episodes. He... <laughs> He kind of hosts it and runs it. He edits it. He puts it out. It's, I just show up. Um, wow, I and, want a Jared. I want a Jared. Yeah. Jared's amazing. <laughs> Jared's is. amazing. And so I don't I don't think I have it in me to be like my own host of two different shows because mm-hmm. it takes a lot to be the host right. of a show um, and to run it like that. So this is a great thing that I get to do on the side um, that I really, really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I mean, Jared's only started having to do all this stuff before it was all Rainmaker. They did everything for us. Oh, they even, okay. I mean, introduced Jared and I together. Um, I didn't know who Jared was. Oh, so, wow. um, so yeah. that's, we were put together by them to create the showrunner. Um, huh. and so that's great. pretty cool. I was going to ask you how you guys met. That's again, what's your secret? You just like show up and things get handed to you. What, what's the deal? It was an that? interview I did from <laughs> one of the first 30 people, but actually he didn't get interviewed. I launched in September. I interviewed him in February or January of the following year, so about uh-huh. six months later. Um, and he was in my first 30, and I had 
sent him two emails earlier and he had ignored them. Um, and then he, this is Brian Clark, um, from copy blogger. Uh, and then he DM'd me on Twitter in like January. He's like, dude, you've interviewed like all my friends and stuff. And I feel kind of like I should be on the show. I was like, I was like, don't even try, man. I've sent you emails. You've never, he's like, I've never received your email. I'm like, all right, come on the show. And then as soon as we were done the interview, like literally just like, I'm like, okay, we're done recording. He's like, I have this idea. You should, and he's like, wow. and that was it. He was like, you should come be part of our network. We're launching soon. And then also I have this Jared guy and we have people who want to learn podcasting. You guys should teach them with this thing called the showrunner. <sighs> I was like, oh, cool. And that was it. Wow. Now, see, you know, what's the most amazing part of that story is that like, it wasn't your brainchild, yet you nope. do it so well. It is such a great show. The two yeah. of you together are like, I could listen to both of you all day long. It's weird, eh? Like, yeah, like Jared, I don't, I don't think I could be a co-host with many people. Mm -hmm. And Jared, I didn't know. And right. um, Brian was just like, no, you guys will be good together. And it was cool. He just email introduction, <laughs> then we talked a bunch, and then, all right, let's try. And it was like, wow, this is cool. Oh. Um, and we're very different people. And, right. But at the same time, yeah, it just makes sense. It's do cool. You, do it's you fun. prefer uh, your own, you know, doing an interview show yourself, or do you like co-host, having a co-host? I don't like co-hosting interviews. Mm -hmm. Right. That's hard. Jared kind of likes to, and we're just about to go live and do one mm -hmm. um, in the community. Uh, and I, I don't think there's a lot of value to a co-host interview. Because right. it's, to me, a conversation between two of us like right. this is really good. Right. Um, like It's true. Like sitting at a coffee shop with two of us is great. But if there's a third person, it's kind of like right. you can't get that deep sort of because I want to follow up with something, but it's like, oh, now we're going somewhere else. And mm -hmm. so some people really like that. I, to me, I love a conversation between yeah, two people. Um, and maybe that's because I get distracted easy. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is, but that's just my personal preference. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I've interviewed two people at a time, you know, so I'm still the host, but I'm interviewing two people. And that so far has worked out okay, but it is a little, it is trickier for sure. I have to really be more above the game and watching right. versus in the game, you know? And I went through a phase of interviewing co-founders of companies because lots of people are co-founders, right. but I interviewed them separately. Oh. Uh, and I would ask them questions about like, like uh -huh. what they thought of the other person or how the other person thinks or acts and stuff and then right. see it. It was, to me, it was pretty interesting to see and fascinating um, the way each other think about it. Uh, but I didn't have them on at the same time. It's oh, okay. interesting. Because, you know, I'm interviewing Jared tomorrow. Did you know that? I didn't know that. You didn't? That's cool. No, I didn't. Well, here's the funny thing. So he booked first and then you booked second. Because I actually, I think he and I were in a uh, messaging conversation about something else. And then I asked him and I said, I wanted to ask Johnny, but he already turned me down once before. And he said, <laughs> I said, no, he didn't. His people did. But somebody did. Someone at Rainmaker did. Now, and, and again, I'm not even giving you a jab. It's a joke because why would you? You don't know me. But um, now you do. So of course you would. But uh, he booked first, and then you booked in ahead of him. And I'm like, did he do that on purpose? Did he know Johnny? Did he know Jerry was I had no idea. <laughs> That's so funny. No. He's messaging me on Slack, though. Maybe he knows. <laughs> I didn't know, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> he knows we're talking about him. I know. Probably his ears are burning. So, yeah, that community you guys have created, it's insane. Anyone out there who's podcasting or thinking about podcasting and wants to be part of something that is, like, just exactly what you need to grow and on every aspect. One last thing I was going to tell you. I went to a meetup last night in Madison for podcasters. Did I tell you that? 
No. Yeah, so they just started one. So there's this app called Meetup that I just started exploring. And they have a, just at the same time I started, somebody started a podcaster group, which is cool. Nice. And they Wisconsin. In Madison, Wisconsin. Nice. Yes. Cool. And um, so I went to my first one last night, not knowing really what to expect. And um, it was actually, it was very interesting. And the people there were interesting. And there were four or only four of us that showed up out of like nine that said they would, but whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Talked a lot about your, about the showrunner and the community. And like this one person was starting a show. And I said, you just need to go here. Just go spend a month there and see and try it out because you'll see that, you know, she had all these questions and so many of those will be answered right there. And then That's the awesome. other, the other two guys were like really long-term veterans, you know, have been podcasting a long time, but um, it was so fun just in that little bit of a community, having community with podcasters. So what you're doing is on such a larger scale and there's so much value in it. So I'm so glad you guys did that. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. It's right. great. It's fun to be over there. Well, I want to talk to you all day and so I'm going to be do the right thing and let you go because I have a feeling you probably have something else to do. We've been on for a while. so uh, I haven't even looked at my calendar, but yeah, don't there's, look, don't look, there's more things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and talking with me. It was a, It was so much fun. Really. Absolutely. My pleasure. I had a blast. I've decided to replace Netflix binging with Hack the Entrepreneur binging. Imagine it though, nearly 500 half-hour segments of successful entrepreneurs telling their inside stories. This in and of itself could be a college course. Hey, there's another idea. If you're thinking about starting a podcast or are a podcaster who'd like to connect with other podcasters, definitely head over to the showrunner community and let me know you're there and I'll find you. I was especially intrigued by Johnny's ADHD diagnosis. I'm so curious to listen to his episode with Peter Schenkman and see what that story is. You know, listeners, I've interviewed nearly 100 people so far on the show, and it never gets old. Talking with Johnny made me think, laugh, smile, and mostly, he's lingered in that way that happens when people share their stories with authenticity. I feel so lucky. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.